Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be here today. <laughs> Snowing outside, but we're warmed by the Holy Spirit in here. Amen. 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 I'm going to open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory today. We're just grateful to be here, grateful to be in your presence, grateful to be called your children, and just thankful for all that you are and all that you do. Lord, um, we are here as your servants today, and we consider it a privilege and an honor to be chosen and asked to deliver your word to your people. Lord, we ask you to um, anoint both of these vessels, myself and Renette, and we humble ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, come in and do a work in us, do a work in the people. Have your way in this place. We surrender our will to yours. We humble ourselves before you and ask you to speak through us today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, which is always operating in our lives. And we just thank you for being um, just for being God, for being who you are. We ask that, um, we pray and ask that this message will glorify you, that it will sanctify us, and that it will edify your people. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, we want to say thank you to the pastor for um, for trusting us <laughs> with God's word and with this house today. And um, Renette and I will be tag teaming today, and I'm going to start out, um, and then we'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us. Amen. 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 Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. So um, how many of you, by show of hands, would say that I am a Christian? All right. So I want you to remember that a little later in the message. So um, the title of today's message is Faith That Saves. Faith That Saves. And the um, scripture verse is Luke 8:48, and it reads, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. So today um, we are going to be talking about faith. And when the topic first came up, um, Brunette was talking to me, and, and, you know, we were just chatting about it, and she said, you know, what is faith? And, and she said, I don't think we really know what faith is, and I have to agree with that, because this message blessed me, because I was able to do some studying about faith, and I got a completely different revelation and understanding, and I was just really excited about that. This is so God, because Audrey and I do not communicate with each other concerning how we're going to bring the message, how the Lord would have us to do it. But what God has given me is saving faith. So we're on, we're on the same, we're on one accord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, wow. But I'm coming from a different scripture. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So um, this message on my part is going to be more of a, a teaching message than a preaching one. So um, we're going to look at some definitions and kind of delve into what faith really is. 
some of the um, references, uh, you know, most of them, of course, come from the Bible, but some of the additional references I always like to give um, came from uh, the website Got Questions, which um, is, is really powerful, and um, I got a good understanding. So some of this is me talking, and some of this is coming from Got Questions. I just want to give, um, give them, um, you know, whatever credit for that. All right, so we're going to start out with um, Strong's Concordance. Um, and the word faith is pistis, and it means persuasion, uh, that is to say credence, which is belief in or acceptance that something is true. It's moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. It's constancy in such profession. It's constancy in your profession of Jesus Christ. It also is the system of religious or gospel truth itself. It's assurance, belief, believe, faith, and fidelity. It also means to rely by inward certainty. To rely by inward certainty. So that's without knowing or relying on anything but God. Now, I also looked up the word faith in the Bible dictionary, and it means trusting commitment of one person to another, particularly of a person to God. Faith is the central concept of Christianity. And this is, this just was powerful for me. Powerful for me. It says one may only be called a Christian only if one has faith. So remember, you raised your hands. Everyone raised their hands and said, I am a Christian. But you can only be called a Christian only if you have faith. Now, faith from the Latin fidus, it means loyalty to a person to whom one is bound by promise or duty. And so we have an obligation. It's our reasonable service to serve God, to love God, right? And so we're bound to him by his promises and by our duty to serve him faithfully as a Christian. Now, there are some um, Old Testament expressions of faith and New Testament expressions of faith. So I'm going to break those down a little bit. So there's no Hebrew noun for faith in the Old Testament. And I found that really interesting. Only verbs that have been translated with faith because of the New Testament's influence. However, we surely find the concept named with other words, such as the fear of God. So faith really is a New Testament concept that encompasses and enriches the Old Testament concepts. So if a person has fear of God, it presumes that they are, that they are operating in faith. Now God prepared the way for his, his people in mercy and grace, then called them to obedience. To accept the responsibilities of God's covenant was to trust his word that he alone was God and to commit one's life to his promises for the present and the future, and that is faith. Now, the New Testament expressions, again, this noun is uh, Greek, pistis, and it's related to the verb pisteo, and it's, it means I have faith. I trust, I believe, and you, you'll notice that those words are used kind of um, interchangeably. So you have faith, you have to trust, and you have to believe. 
Faith primarily means trust or confidence in God. Now, Jesus called his hearers to place their confidence in God, and it's common in the synoptic gospels, and those are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, for Jesus to say after healing someone, thy faith hath made thee whole. So I want to turn to um, some of these verses. So we're going to go first to Matthew 9, 22. So if you'll open up your, I've got to put this down. Matthew 9:22, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. And that was the woman with the issue of blood. Let's also go to Mark 5, verse 34. Just want to give you some examples of the people that Jesus um, was talking to. Mark 34. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Luke 7, verse 50. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And then finally, um, Luke 8:48, which was our scripture for today. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And so in each of these accounts, we hear that faith saves you, that faith heals you, heals you of your afflictions, and makes you whole. Amen. Amen. So we will explore that um, aspect a little bit later, and we'll continue on with um, some definitions here. So once confidence or allegiance to God makes one whole. Allegiance means loyalty or commitment of a subordinate to a superior. And so I went back and added the words um, so that it reads this way. Allegiance means loyalty or commitment of a believer to holy God, Jesus. Amen. So remember, I think last week, uh, I think it was Claudette who read the um, Pledge of Allegiance. And so allegiance is loyalty to. And so your loyalty, you're pledging your loyalty to God, to Jesus Christ. Now, faith is an attitude toward, now listen to this, this is really important. Faith is an attitude toward and relationship with God mediated by Christ Jesus. So it is surrender to God's gift of righteousness in Christ rather than to seek righteousness alone. So the faith is the, is the relationship. Faith is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that's in Galatians 5.22, which is something that God creates in a person. All right, so now we're going to go to Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So here, faith means believe. To have a, re a right relationship with God, it is necessary to believe that God is, that God has revealed himself in Christ, and to accept that God accepts you. 
And I really like that last part. I think we forget sometimes that we are accepted by God. There's a verse that says we're accepted in the beloved. And we don't always, I don't think we always embrace that. I know that I don't. And so it's interesting that not only do we have to have um, have to have belief in God and believe that we that he, that in other words that we accept Him as Lord and Savior, but also to remember that God accepts us, that He loves us just the way we are. Now, faith is not intellectual, unless of course you're a Pharisee, but it is it is the living out of the faith, of the religion. It's Christianity in action. And this is the meaning of we walk by faith and not by sight. And that comes from 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. So walking equals the totality of your life. So if you are calling yourself a Christian, your faith, having faith, faith is the totality of your life. You have to walk by faith in every situation, no matter what it is. And so that was, I don't know why this is such a new concept for me, but it means that, you know, you can't just have faith over here for some things and then faith over here for other things. It has to be, you, your faith has to be constant. Remember earlier we talked about, it's the constancy of your profession. It's the constancy of what you believe. So it's in totality. You have to exercise faith in order to be called a Christian. Faith is a lifestyle. It has to be the cornerstone in everything that you do. You can't have faith for some things and not others. And I absolutely believe that when I go out, especially at night, that I'm protected. I want to share a, just a, a brief testimony with you. So um, early in my walk, and I was thinking, you know, we have so much um, more faith when we're when we're young, when we're young in our in our walk, because we're like children. You know, children just believe. They they don't. It's not complicated with them. And so I was early in my walk, and I had I had faith. And so. Um, I was, I was driving late at night, and I had to drive a lot late at night for my job. I worked from 3 to 11, and I worked downtown um, at Riverview Hospital, which is kind of near Belle Isle. But I lived in Livonia, so I would have to drive home uh, in, you know, in the dark. And I remember one night I was driving home, and I, I don't even know if I prayed this out loud or if I was just thinking, but I was talking to God, and I said, you know, God, I don't even, I don't even think anybody knows where I am. And at that moment, as soon as I finished that sentence, my phone rang. And it was my cousin, my male cousin. It was my cousin, and he said, hi, Audrey. He said, I just wanted to let you know that I was thinking about you. And I, I just felt so comforted. And I, and I told him, I said, oh, I can't believe you called me right now. And I just thank you. But I know that Elroy, the one who sees me, the God who sees me, he heard that prayer. He knew that I was concerned that I was out there alone driving at night. And from that day forward, I, I came to know him as my protector. And so now when I, and so I have absolute faith in that. I know that when I'm out, I'm by myself driving at night, that God, Elroy, sees me and he's protecting me. So I have faith for that. Now, let something come up with my health. Let me have a pain somewhere in my neck, in my back, in my leg. And, you know, ooh, what's that? You know, faith goes right out the window. <laughs> Fear comes in. And so it has to be the totality of your life. It has to be faith in every situation. And 
how we get there? Well, of course, through the word, but it, it's a, you know, it's a journey, right? We're, we're growing day by day. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you. Let me see if I can get back to my notes. Um, I wrote, oh, I wrote here that at the time, I didn't know that name, Elroy. So, you know, I just knew that God was protecting me. And then later, once I learned the name Elroy, I was like, oh, thank you, Elroy. You're watching me. You see me. You know where I am. So when I'm out and about, you know exactly where I am and what's going on. So I like that name. Um, okay. Um, checking in with Lynette. Let me know when you're ready to jump in. Okay. All right. So now I want to go over um, just a couple verses back to uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. And it reads, now faith is the sub substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And we're all very familiar with that verse. The personal conviction of faith encourages the Christian to continue hoping for the fulfillment of the promises of God. But it is not the substance of the things hoped for. So when I was reading this, I had to keep rereading re and rereading this. So I'm hope I hope that Holy Spirit will help you and me get the fullness of this. So it's not the substance of the things hoped for in any normal sense of substance. The things hoped for have a reality greater than anyone's hoping for them. So faith is then meant as a sort of foretaste of the things hoped for. So I just love this. So I had to look up foretaste. I was like, okay. So foretaste is, is the actual, though brief or partial, experience of something forthcoming. So foretaste is the actual, though brief or partial, experience of something forthcoming. So the substance is that you know you sense, you have a foretaste, you have a brief or actual or partial experience of that thing that you're hoping for. And that, that, just, that just blessed me. I was like, okay, have I ever had that experience? Probably, uh, but I didn't know that that's what, that's what it meant. So that substance is not in the things hoped for, it's it's the actual, it's the foretaste. It's the knowing that this is actually going to happen. That yes, I'm going to get that job. Things, it doesn't look like it. It may not seem like it, but I'm going to get that job. And it may not even be that job. God may have another job, but I know I'm going to get the job. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you have a foretaste. You have the actual, though brief, experience of what you're hoping for. That really blessed me. So let's see, back to my notes. In other words, what you're hoping for is so tangible that it's substantial. And that's what substance means. The Greek word for substance means that which has real existence, the basic essence, the actual reality. So I hope you're getting that. I, it's taken, took me a while to get it, but the substance is the actual reality of what you're, what you're hoping for. So at these times, your faith is so strong in what you're hoping for that you actually experience or taste a glimpse of it, and therefore, you keep hoping for it because you know its fullness, its complete manifestation is coming. And so if I could just apply that to my health, <laughs> I'd, be doing, I'd be doing well. <laughs> Amen. Now, of course, this only happens if you believe. 
So I'm sure we've all experienced this kind of faith at some point in our Christian walk. Um, so I wanted to share with you another uh, testimony, and I hope that I can, I'm trying not to just read it, but um, I might have to glance back at my notes. So when I was in my I don't know, in my 30s. Uh, I had this job. I worked for Burroughs, which became Unisys. So I worked for Unisys, and I um, I had a degree in computer science, so I worked um, on a um, kind of like a hotline where people called in for troubleshooting for, their, for computer problems. And um, I ended up having to go to New Jersey for a month to become what's called a, a CNE, which was a certified network engineer. And just to give you an idea of the intensity of this training, first of all, we were there for a month, and um, we had um, we had class every day, and on on the weekends um, we were studying. And um, I went with a, a coworker, and it's kind of interesting because um, my boss uh, didn't have any any faith or confidence in me. He didn't think I he didn't think I would pass. Uh, and some of the other guys, and you have to understand, I worked um, with all males, all white, and um, they just didn't think that I, that I had uh, what it what it took. But they didn't know who I knew, <laughs> man. So anyway, so um, I we drove. I drove with a coworker, and um, to let you know how intense this course was, the field engineers who normally would would take this course, um, one um, broke out in hives. And another had a heart attack. And because they were so, you know, this was their livelihood. They wanted to make sure that, you know, that they, um, that they didn't lose their jobs. And, but the course itself was that intense. And so there were 12 people in the class. And, um, you know, we, like I said, we had to study all the time. And, um, but my faith was strong. I had a foretaste. I was like, I'm passing this class. I don't care what happens, and I don't care what my boss thinks or what those other uh, other men in the office think. I'm passing this class. And so my faith was strong at that time. Remember, I was young. I was new in my walk. So, um, you know, like a child, I was like, I'm passing this class. <laughs> and so, um, but I knew that the Lord was with me. And so um, partway through, I uh, I ran up against math. <laughs> And math is uh, was not my strong point. And when you have a computer science degree, all of your classes are either math or computer science. So um, I got a little nervous. I was like, I don't understand this. I don't know what's going on. God, you've got to help me. Well, unbeknownst to me, the the coworker that I went with was brilliant. <laughs> he was just he was just brilliant. I mean, the stuff came to him just like you know, just like water off a duck, right? And so um, I asked him to work with me. And, and he did. And he helped me, and he got me through the math portion of that class. Well, the Holy Spirit threw him. I don't know if he knew the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was with me. And he helped me to pass, to pass that part, you know, that section, because I thought that was a hurdle, but I kept my faith strong. So um, finally, we get to the, uh, the end of the, the course, the, uh, ex you know, the exam. So the exam was two days. So we had a written, I know, day, <laughs> two days. So we had uh, a, one day of a written portion, and then the next day was the actual lab experience where you have to take a computer apart and do what you do. And um, I forgot to tell you that um, while, uh, while I was um, running up against the math scare, my, uh, my friends back home, uh, 
my hens, <laughs> my girlfriends, sent me the most beautiful bouquet of flowers. And they just wanted, they said, we just wanted to encourage you and let you, let you know that we're thinking of you, that um, that you pass. And I, I took picture of it and just so, it was just, it was lilies actually. Now that I think about it, they were pink lilies. Um, so, um, on the uh, after the exam, you have to you have to press a button to get your score, and so you've got those few minutes or seconds, not minutes, but few minutes where you're waiting to see what your score is. And mine popped up, and it was in the 90s. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And so out of the class, I was one of six who passed. The other six did not pass, but I was one of six who actually passed. And so I just, I just praise the Lord, and I just thank him. And so that was that kind of faith, the foretaste. It was the, the reality that I'm going to pass this course, and he got me through. And it's funny, when I got back, when I walked in the office, my boss and two of the others walked up to me, and they're looking at, you know, because they just knew I had failed. And I looked at them and I said, oh, I passed. <laughs> and so to kind of put them in their place. And so, like I said, they didn't know who I knew. Amen. 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 So faith was the substance of the thing I hoped for. This is the kind of faith that we are expected to have all the time. But we must understand that it is our faith not, our faith is not to be in the outcome of what we want to see happen, like, oh, I, wanna, I want my foot to be healed, or oh, I want to pass this course. But our faith has to be in the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. Amen? Amen. So faith is the way to salvation. The concept of faith is primarily that of a personal relationship with God that determines the priorities of one's life. The relationship is one of love that is built on trust and dependence. So we receive it, meaning faith, by trusting the saving work of Jesus. It is the acceptance of his lordship, his God-given absolute authority. So if faith is primarily the inauguration of a relationship into which one enters through acceptance of Jesus' authority, it also includes a certain amount of belief. Faith is the conviction that God acted in the history of Israel, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And that's 2 Corinthians 5, 19. So faith is dependent upon our relationship with Christ. And we have to ask ourselves, we have to be truthful and ask ourselves what that relationship really is. What is the quality of our relationship with Jesus? Do we spend time with him? Do we really know him and his character and attributes? So that's why it's important to study his character and to know and experience his names. And so one of the ways that you build that relationship is by knowing his names. You know, Jehovah Rapha, he's your healer. But if you've never allowed him or trusted him to heal you or, or even believed that he did heal you, then that name doesn't mean anything. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, if you don't trust him to be your provider, even when you, you look at a bill and you look at your bank account and, and one over, over, see, over exceeds the other, right, then, then you won't know him as 
provider. And it's in getting to know his name. It's not really in getting to know his names. It's experiencing his names. And I remember once I, I wanted to, um, I wrote down his names and then under each name, I put little bullet points of how he had revealed himself to me as those names. And that was just really interesting because, you know, there were just bullet points all over the place because under Jehovah Jireh, I remi- you know, and I put down specific instances when I didn't have, a, you know, I had a bill, but I didn't have the money, but the bill got paid, right? And I, I remember once I, I went to my mailbox and the, um, the bill was, I think it was, I don't know, it was something like $200.10. And I looked at it and thought, okay, I don't have $200.10, so I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, but whatever. And so um, I, I, the next week, I got, I got an unexpected check in the mail, <laughs> unexpected check in the mail. And I opened it up, and I kid you not, it was $210.20. And I was like, God, you are amazing. You are awesome. And you even gave me 10 cents extra. And so, and I'm serious, I'm not kidding. And so I got to know him as Jehovah Jireh. So you have to, you have to experience his names. It's not just knowing them and reading them. It's experiencing them. All right. Um, I, I also wanted to, while I was writing this, I, w- I was thinking um, about relationship, right? And there were some things that I know that Jesus will never do, that he will never do. He will never hurt me. He will never belittle me. He will never embarrass me. He will never abuse me. He will never hit me, slap me, cuss at me, or put me down. Amen. I know that. That is, that's relationship. You have to know the person that you're in relationship. You have to know their character, what they're going to do, what they're not going to do. And I know that Jesus will never do any of those things to me. Amen. Now, I saved this um, definition from Webster's Dictionary for this time in the message because of its powerful meaning. So listen to this. Faith, belief, to trust, to confide in. Now, confide means to tell personal and private things to someone. To me, it implies this whole relationship concept of faith. If you think about it, you don't confide, confide in those that you don't have a relationship with, or at least you shouldn't, especially if you don't want it all over Facebook, right? <laughs> When you have a relationship with someone close, you can tell them things that you wouldn't tell others. You want to spend time with them. You want to be near and share experiences. And this is how our relationship with Jesus is supposed to be. And that is what determines the strength of our faith. So as Audrey was talking about saving faith, um, the word of God says there are a couple of things about faith. We're saved by grace through faith we are called to walk by faith we are to live by faith and without faith it's impossible to please god so let's just look at ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 talking about saving faith chapter 2 of ephesians verse 8 says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god The saving faith is trusting, as she said, trusting and believing and have our confidence in the person of Christ, in him alone for our salvation. So as we look at the scriptures, faith involves 
Confident, a confident action is something we do in response to what God has made known about himself. Faith is trusting in who God is and believing in him and believing in what he says and then moving and acting and responding based on God's word with an expectation. So how I have looked at faith for a few years is, is, is just believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do, and that you move based on that, and you don't have to see anything. It's not about what we see, because if we see, it doesn't take faith. And if it doesn't take faith, then we're not pleasing God. And if we're not pleasing God, we're really sinning. So faith is based on God. Uh, there's a scripture that says, have faith in God. So God is the object of our faith. And his word connects us to him, so we do need his word, is believing in him and his word. So to be saved is to be rescued and delivered from sin's power and dominating presence, and then be restored into right relationship with God. So it says we're saved through grace, that's God's um, loving kindness, he pours his loving kindness upon us through faith that is believing in what Jesus has done on the cross to pay the price for our sin, to pay for our forgiveness, to bring us into a relationship with him, and we trust in that. That's a gift from God. It's not anything that we do. It's not something that we earn, that salvation, that gift. It is a gift from God. So in saving faith, God gives us the ability to trust him, he woo us in by his love, so that saving faith has to do with trusting and believing. So to trust in the Bible says it is a firm, confident belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength of someone, and that someone is God. So we believe in his promises. If he has written it and we believe, then we walk in it. But do we walk in what we read? Do we really believe it? So to have faith is to accept and believe the truth that God reveals about himself, and we prove that we have faith by living out the full acceptance of the promises day by day. That means we believe it and we walk in it. It's a saving faith. So saving faith in includes knowledge. We have to have knowledge. We have to know what God has said in order to believe it. So in order to be saved, we must know something about God, know about Jesus in his human form, that he is God incarnate who, incarnate who came and died on the cross for our sins. He satisfied God's wrath as becoming the perfect sacrifice. So we've heard it, we believe it, and now we agree that, that is, that's the truth, and we walk in it, we put our confidence in him and confidence in our eternal destiny. So that's faith. Uh, in the Bible, we are told that the Bible says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. So walk, as Audrey talked about, is our conduct, is the way we live. We're to live out our faith. That means we're to act in accordance with our trust, in accordance with our belief in God and in his word. So this faith is lived in, out in our lives with eternity in mind. So we're not living based on our circumstances. We're not living based on what we see, but it's based on the future. It's based on what does God say. See, God has a purpose for us. And when we read 
and study and come into the knowledge of who he is, come into the knowledge of who we are in him, then it, give, it builds up our faith so that we can then walk it out. It says it means that I trust in who God says he is. And I demonstrate that trust by living in agreement with his word, which means his word becomes my standard for living. And based on God's word is based on God's word and not based on the world system. See, I don't live by the standards of this world as we don't as new create creations and believers in Christ. We don't live by the standards of this word. We live based on the standard of this word, the word of God. What does God say? If he says that he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, then we're to walk in that. Walk it out. Walk in what he's called us to. It's like we don't walk in fear because fear doesn't come from God. But if we have that fear, which we do, then we got to put the word on it and let the word build up our faith so that we can walk in the truth. The truth is he didn't give us a spirit of fear. So why am I fearful? God, deliver me from that fear. Help me to walk by faith. Help me to put my focus on you. Believe what you say and walk in it. That's faith. Faith is not faith is an action. Faith yes. is something that we do in response to what has God said in his word. Do we believe it? If we believe it, then we live it and we live it by walking it out by faith, not based on what we see, because see, we don't see the end result. And if we got to see it, it's not faith. It isn't. We don't walk by we don't walk by sight. The scripture says what is seen is temporal. But what is unseen is eternal. So we have to put our focus on what is unseen. We have to put our focus on God and, and trust him. That's faith, trusting in him, trusting in what he said, and living by that word. It takes the word. Amen. Amen. That is so true. That is good. Walking it out. Remember, it's the totality of our life. So I have some further definitions of faith from Webster, and um, it's unquestioning belief, unquestioning belief in God. It's anything believed and complete trust, confidence, or reliance as children usually have faith in their parents. Those were the examples from Webster. Now, faithfulness, which is a fruit of the spirit, is loyalty allegiance to some person or thing loyal to one's belief. And remember, I said some of these words are used interchangeably. So synonyms are belief, trust, confidence, credence, and conviction. Faithfulness involves or is defined as loyal, true to allegiance, constant in performance of duties or services, honest, true, believer, loyalty, sincerely. So one of the definitions that I really like is loyalty and constancy in affection. I just love that because that means that I'm in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that I am, that my affection for him is constant. And when you, when you have an affection or a love for someone that's constant, you trust them. Yeah. You believe them. Just like I, do, I told you the things that I know that Jesus will never do to me, I trust him. I know his character. That's constancy in affection. 
And I wrote here that touched my heart because it implies that our faith is supposed to be comforting, loving, like the relationship you have with a best friend, someone you can relax with, someone you feel safe with and can be real with. You can let your hair down, right? That's how we are to be with Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when we have that kind of relationship, when you know the character of someone, you can trust them and you have a good idea of how they might act or respond with situations in your life. It's really knowing that God is faithful. If you know that he's faithful, he does not change. So you don't have to worry about being hurt by God. He's faithful. So if you know somebody that you can put really trust in, and if they tell you they're going to do something, you don't even worry about it because they're, you know, they're going to do it. How much more should we have our confidence in the one who is faithful faithful. He never changes. He doesn't let us down. So when he says in his word that he's given us this or he's done this for us, we believe it and then we walk in it. And she said, that's the relationship. He's faithful. You put your trust in someone that you can depend on and that's God. Amen. 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 So um, when you have that kind of relationship, when you know the character of someone, you can trust them and you have a good idea of how, how they might act or respond. You have faith that they will treat you well, that they have your back, that they'll come to your aid, and, then, and that they're not trying to harm you. And this is the relationship that we should have with Jesus Christ. And I wrote here, I can't believe this, I didn't see this. How much more can we have faith in Jesus? Amen. He's the lover of our soul. He's the one who knows us better than we know ourselves, who holds the future, who died so we could live. How can we not put our faith in him? Now, I want us to um, turn to Luke chapter 17. We're going to read verses 11 through 19. So Luke 17. All right. This is Christ. Um, Christ cleanses 10 lepers, um, 11 through 19. Sorry. Yep. 17, 11 through 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now in my commentary regarding verse 19, it says, Jesus commended the faith that heals as he did with the woman with the issue of blood and another woman. This Samaritan apparently received more than physical healing. So in doing this study and preparing for this message, I think that I get that your faith has made you whole means 
that you receive not just the physical healing, but the spiritual truth and belief in the object of your faith. That faith is elevated. The object of the faith is Jesus. And your faith is elevated, deepened, and matured. And that's why he's saying your faith has made you whole. It's not just that, oh, my foot is healed and it feels better now, which it does, praise God. But it's that in the relationship, while he was working through the manifestation of bringing about my healing, I got to see him greater. I got to experience him. I got to know him greater. And that, I believe, is what it means by your faith will make you whole. It's that saving faith. Faith. It's a revelational healing. It's a greater affection for your Lord. It's a greater realization of who he is and all that he has done for you spiritually and supernaturally. And I would venture to say that more is healed than just that body part. It's the inner hurts. It's the fears, it's the disappointments, the strongholds, the hang-ups, the false beliefs, the entanglements, the bondages, the anxieties that get set free because you believed. And in the process of waiting before, in the process of waiting before, the actual manifestation of that physical healing is where you get to see that glory, where you get to know your Lord even more, and that is the faith that saves. That is the faith that saves, that makes you whole. This is why Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Now, whole in the Greek is the word sozo, sozo. It means safe. It means to save. It means to deliver, to protect, to heal, preserve, to save self, to do well, to be and make better. Jesus doesn't just want us healed. He wants us whole saved. In Webster's dictionary, whole means healthy, in sound health, not diseased, not broken or damaged or injured or defective. It means intact, containing all of its elements, not divided up, and synonyms for that are unimpaired, entire, total, complete. That's what Jesus wants for us. And the only way for us to be whole is to have complete faith, complete reliance and dependence in and on him. Faith simply means to trust simply, fully, without reservation. Now, before in another account, and I, I don't, I don't have it um, specifically, but I'm going to read it to you. Before Jesus healed two blind men, he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they answered, yes, Lord. And he healed them according to their faith. The men simply trusted the power and goodness of the Lord. Faith is trusting and believing in the power and goodness of Jesus, who he is, God in human form, and what Jesus has done, died and resurrected. The faith in the person and work of Christ is what saves. But his power was applied in connection with their faith. His power was applied in connection with their faith. So faith is the instrument, not the power itself. Your faith results are in the person and power of Jesus. That's why it's important to study his character and to know and experience his names. How do we get this kind of faith that would help us to live in a way that pleases God, where we're not living by what we see or by our feelings, 
Well, let's go over to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We must hear the preaching and the message about Christ, which is the gospel. And when we hear about Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, that builds our faith. Our faith so that we can come to God believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is absolutely necessary in order to perceive things for which we should hope for, in order to understand who God is and that he is the creator of all, and in order to offer acceptable worship. And in order to have faith in someone, we must first be aware of their existence. We got to know him. As we say, we need knowledge of him. And that knowledge comes through hearing the word. It comes through studying the word. And when, we, when people hear the good news about Jesus and all that he did to rescue us from our sin, that then we have the faith in him to accept his forgiveness and receive the benefit of eternal life. It's the good news about Jesus Christ as the crucified and risen Savior. So as our ears hear and receive the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's how faith begins in the hearer. So to build their faith, we must sit up under the word, study the word, get the word in us, speak the word, live the word, let the word have its way in us so that we can then believe Every word in this Bible is true. And by believing, then we'll walk in. I mean, we'll have a so much more victorious life if we live according to the word. Believe it. Trust in him. Trust in the one that is faithful. It's all about our belief and our trust. So what the spirit of the Lord is saying is that, okay, well, then before you conclude, let's go through this. Go to Hebrews 11, and let's uh, look at a few scriptures and see what it says. Now listen to this, starting at verse 32. And what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who, listen, through faith, listen to what our faith can do. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness and were made strong, grew valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women's received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel markings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the, with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskin, and goat skin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, yet they still have faith. Of whom the world was not 
world worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, what this is saying is that the saints of old and God being an unchanging God means we can also accomplish greater if we believe. Think about it. They subdued kingdoms. They obtained promises. God has something, it says, even greater for us, that we may obtain even greater promises. The good news is that it says the Old Testament believers who lived by faith were not privileged to witness on earth the fulfillment of the great promise of God, which was the coming Messiah. But the fulfillment of God's promises to those of faith who had gone before us, their focus, listen, their focus was on the future. Their focus was on going there. Mm, the, let me see. Focus their faith on the promises of God. They took God at his word. And that's what he wants us to do. Take him at his word. And now the fulfillment of God's promises is to them Fulfillment of God's promises now, the fulfillment of God's promises to them has now come in Jesus Christ so that the old era and the new era together we await for the perfection that will appear at Jesus' second coming. So do we believe? Do we live a life of faith? Do we conduct our life around his word and walk in it? with a confident expectation that if we obey, God is going to do what he said he would do. I, I'm just amazed at what they were able to accomplish, not even having Jesus as an example, but we got the word, we got Jesus as example, and we don't, we don't use our faith. We don't walk in it. But it's a new day. Now is the day when we can begin to live out our faith Put our focus on Jesus and believe. Say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Just keep saying it over and over and over. And as we listen to the word, as we study this word, and as we put it into action, remember, faith is an action. It's a response to, what, to who God has revealed himself to be to us, that relationship, yeah. and we act on it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The fulfillment of what is promised, that's that foretaste. That's that actual reality that is going to happen. Amen. 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 So um, we're going to wrap up here. Um, conclusion. Faith is what we believe. It's, it is Christianity itself. But primarily, it is the relationship that we have with God through what Jesus accomplished in his death and resurrection. So I'd like to share a revelation that I got that exemplifies the faith concept. We've already said that faith is a lifestyle. It should be the overarching blueprint of the Christian's walk. Yep. So recently I was watching a movie, and it takes place in Antarctica in the frozen, uninhabited, snow-covered snow South Territory. And a guide and the scientists he is trying to lead on a mission are caught in a fierce 50 50 degree below snow and windstorm as they try to return to the base. And this is actually based on a true story. Um, there are some very intense near-death scenes. 
So I'm watching this movie, and there's two scenes where the person almost falls through the ice, and I mean, there's nobody around because he they're on an um, on a uh, uh, an exploration trip, and um, I'm watching a movie, and when it gets to that first scene, I can feel myself kind of tensing up. Right. And it goes on and there's another scene like that. And again, I'm feeling myself tensing up. And then all of a sudden I realized I was like, OK, why are you foolishly tensing up? You've seen this movie a hundred times. And so you know how it's going to end. OK, so here's the point. Here's the revelation that I got while I was watching that movie. So you see, when you know how the story ends, there's no reason to tense up. There's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to fear or to worry about what's to come. As Christians, we know how the story ends. And for the person of faith, it always spells victory. We should be in such a close and intimate relationship with Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that we don't ever have to worry about how the story ends, how our day will end, or what may come. He's Alpha and Omega. He's already in our our future we just have to believe it and so we need to watch our life as though it's that movie which we've seen a hundred times and we know how the story ends amen amen praise the lord okay um we're going to do a call to salvation and then uh renette will do the benediction and then after that um questions and answers so um we just talked today about safe, about faith that saves. And so you have to be in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ if you're going to even have faith or even call yourself a Christian. And so if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, then we invite you right now, or I invite you right now, to, um, to just pray this prayer from your heart, and um, um, you'll be saved. So... Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and in need of a Savior. I ask you now to come into my heart. Show me how to live a life of faith. I believe that Jesus is Lord and that he died for me on the cross. And I promise now to learn more about his character and to walk by faith. And now, Lord, I'm also asking you for the most important gift, the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you for the most important gift, the Holy Spirit, to come and empower me, to fill me to use me so that I can overcome all of the challenges of this life. I thank you, Lord, for filling me. And I thank you, Lord, now for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I will close with the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. Amen.